Hey, I'm back. And we have a really good main event this weekend. Headlined by Poirier versus Hooker. This one is pretty much going to be a guaranteed barn burner. It's, uh, it's, it has violence written all over it. Um, I, it's, I have the same feelings towards this fight as I did with Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, and I have no doubts that this main event is going to deliver. Um, as for the rest of the card, I'm not too familiar with a lot of people, so maybe take my opinion with a grain of salt on this card. Um, haven't, <clears throat> I don't have, I didn't have a lot of time to really study a lot of these new guys as well. Um, but I'll, I'll throw in my two cents wherever I, uh, feel I need to. So, um, this cast I'm probably going to be doing alone. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to get through it real quick and just kind of share my thoughts, uh, if, if there's any tips that I may be able, is able to give. But, um, We'll start with uh, just a couple of highlights on, on on what I'm planning on playing at least when the dark when the card does come around. Uh, just o- re- really quick overall, I, I don't think this is a very great card for betting just because there are a lot of uh, a lot of mysteries on certain people and just the matchups are are not very they're not very uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, compelling. And there are a lot of guys that are just on the lower end. As far as skills go, and they're just not very reliable bets. And I do see a lot of juice on here as well, so it's just, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of this particular card. Maybe next week I'll have uh, some better picks, but uh, this week, uh, yeah, again, it's just, it's not that, it's not that great. But uh, I'll just start off with saying what, what I do plan on playing, just to kind of preview. Um, what kind of sticks out to me is, um, I know it's a little weird. Usually I don't pick heavyweight overs, but Felipe Linz versus Tanner Bozer, I'm pretty confident that goes that goes over two and a half rounds, uh, which is set at negative 225. I know it's a little bit juiced. Um, you know, I, I, I normally don't recommend paying a high juice for heavyweights, but this one, this one's likely going to the cards. Um, Bozer is a guy who has a pretty good chin. He went three rounds with Cyril Gain. Which uh, bodes well for um, you know this fight going over because if Cyril Gain can't put this guy out, I don't think Linz will either. Uh, Bozer is a kicker. He's a guy who likes to stay in range and kick, which is uh, kind of rare for a heavyweight. You don't really see that very often. He doesn't really have knockout power himself, and that's just a recipe for a decision. And he's, uh, doesn't look like he's ever been knocked out before. Let me see here. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much wiki capping, and, and I've actually seen him fight before, too, and he, this guy's kind of cautious, and he's only been TKO'd once, which was earlier in his career by Tim Haig. Other than that, he's, um, he's really looking to stay at range and just throw kicks. He's not a bad fighter, though, he's, and he's still pretty young. He's 20 years old. So there's some room for improvement, but yeah, he's looking to stay at range and kick. And uh, with Felipe Linz, um, he's he's got some he's got some good hands. He's a pretty good fighter himself. Um, coming off a loss, come uh, in the debut to Andre Olowski, which um, it's not a good sign as far as like where he's going to be at in at in the division, but. Um, he himself is uh, 
he could be pretty low output as well himself. And that's kind of how he lost to Arlovski. Was Arlovski was just throwing feints, and you know he, he was actually the faster man in there, despite being a lot older. But yeah, this this fight's gonna go over. That's that's pretty much what's gonna happen here, and um, um, pretty confident in that. I wish the uh, price was a little bit lower, but it is what it is. And then my other pick is going to be actually be um, Dan Hooker and Poirier going over two and a half rounds. Um, I do. I mean, if you can find the prop on five times and play the uh, fight starts round three, I think that's going to be a good line as well. Uh, the price for that is negative 145 for the fight starts at round three, and the over two and a half is negative 145, so it's a no-brainer. Like, it's the same price. So, uh, fight starts around three. It's uh, I, I think both these guys are pretty durable, and it's, it's going to take a little while for both of them to chip away at each other. And we might be able to see like a late finish here from either guy. I'm not really sure who I'm leaning on as far as like the pick goes, but I do know it's going to be violent and it's going to be on a small cage. Um, and man, yeah, this, this is an amazing fight. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's pretty exciting. Both guys are really tough too. So yeah, it's, it's going to take a little. It's going to take a lot of time and a, a ton of damage to to add up in order for us to see a finish here. But um, like maybe I might even throw a little flyer on on somebody by decision as well. But you know, it'll be one of those heart attack specials if if I were to do that. Now, as far as the how the fight plays out, Poirier. He's coming in as the southpaw here. He does switch stances that time. Mid combination. Um, very, very swarming uh, pressure fighter. Um, he definitely is probably the more well-rounded guy here. But he's one of the more well-rounded guys in the UFC in general. He's a great wrestler, a great ground pound guy, great offensive jiu-jitsu, great defensive jiu-jitsu, um, great striking. And, uh, I mean, he, he's hittable himself, but... He's he's you know he's 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 a he's a tough he's a tough cookie and uh, you know he's able to take one and, and give one himself. Um, he's a very very tricky stand up fighter. He's um, because he's he's such a great pressure fighter. He's uh, able to really throw combinations in in any stance. We saw that against uh, Max Holloway where he was um, hitting uh, Max with that right hook just left man just just at, at will. And and on and he was throwing straight lefts and switching stances and then getting getting right back into the softball position. Like this guy's uh this guy's offensively gifted and he's uh he's he's got a lot of weapons and and um you know he's he's gonna throw everything here and I think he's gonna be the better man in the pocket. But at range Hooker is gonna be the guy that's uh the better range fighter for the most part. I mean, Poirier, he could he could fight at range as well, but um, in this case, I think Hooker's gonna be having the reach advantage. I think here too. Let me just double check here. But well, Hooker, I mean, we know what what he's really good at. He's a super dangerous dude. Very very uh, scary range striker. He's uh, he's three inches taller and a three inch reach advantage. So it's not too much, but it's a uh, you know decent sized reach advantage. I'm going to be kind of curious to see how the fight plays does play out at range because I know, um, like I said, it's going to be a small cage. So, um, you know, I can see Dustin trying to employ a game plan where he gets in Hooker's face and really closes the distance so Hooker doesn't really, you know, fight fight at range. And so 
Um, I can see Dan Hooker's back against the cage very often in this fight, and and Poirier, he that's that's how he fights against everybody. It's he he wants to pressure you and, and get you against the cage and rough you up. And um, like I said, I think Poirier is the better fighter in the pocket, and Hooker is usually the better fighter at range. And uh, Hooker was chopping. Uh, Ch- Hooker is very good with the chopping calf kicks. Um, he was chopping down Felder, who's a really great kicker himself. He was able to really slow Felder down with those calf kicks. And, um, you know, he, he, he fights long. He's really tall. I don't know how the hell he made 145 in his career, but he's at 155 now here, and he's looked really great at 155. Um, Man, this is a tricky one. Really, really tricky one. Both guys are super-duper dangerous, and... At any point, you know, the tides could turn, really, if one guy lands a really hard shot. And and uh, and bo- both guys are, are just, they have a really strong will. So it could be a war of attrition. And with those fights, are those are really hard to really predict. Um, however, I am leaning on Dustin Poirier to win the fight. But at this price, at negative 230, I'm, I'm not willing to take that. I think the uh, the odds should really actually be a little bit closer than that, and I'm thinking maybe Poirier negative one seventy five, and maybe Hooker at plus one fifty five. It should be a lot closer than than the line suggests here, but I am gonna lean towards uh, Poirier just because it's a small cage, and I know he's gonna be pressuring forward. Um, but this this is not a safe bet at all. Like I I definitely think Hooker can pull off the upside here too. Um, Hooker is it's, I'm I'm kind of curious to see. What, uh, as far as how Hooker is going to be landing his kicks, because you know, like, like I mentioned, he's he's been calf kicking guys lately, and it's going to be a, a bit of a different, uh, different range and a different stance for Poirier, who's going to be southpaw, so that uh, that ins- he's going to have to throw the leg the leg kick to the inside, and it may take a little bit more time to travel, and especially with Poirier moving forward, so. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, you know, what Hooker's gonna look like. Um, he's gonna he's gonna have to use a lot of ton of footwork here as well to to avoid having his back against the cage and trying to get uh, Poirier to run into shots. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see um, how this plays out. Um, has Hooker fought any southpaws? Let me double check here. Yeah, yeah, he's fought some southpaws before, but none recently. He's fought a. Uh, Jim Miller was the last softball he fought, which is a couple fights ago. And I think Dia Casey is a switch stance fighter, but he's he's normally an orthodox. And that's, yeah, that I think that might be the only softball that uh the hooker's ever fought. Is he, maybe Hatsu Hiyoki, maybe no no Hatsu Hiyoki was a orthodox fighter. Even with Dan Hooker earlier in his career, he actually was a switch stance fighter himself. And then I think as of late, he's just been mainly fighting orthodox. Yeah, there there wasn't really there isn't really much uh, evidence um, or just really tape watch on Hooker fighting against uh, lefties other than Dan uh, Jim Miller, who he knocked out with that knee. But uh, I mean, I have no doubts that he's pretty well prepared, you know, with the guys in his in his camp. Helping him, um, man. This is a good fight. I I can't restate that enough. But I'm gonna go as far as betting wise. I'm gonna go with the starts round three or over two and a half. 
just because both guys are really, really tough and it's gonna take a lot of time to chip away at these guys if if, if either guy's gonna find a finish. And if I mean even with even with Dustin Poirier, he he's fought the who's who's and and some really dangerous dudes himself. And for him to last how many rounds would get you here? Um, He went. He went four rounds with Gaethje and and, and finished Gaethje himself. He's gone five rounds with Max. He's gone three with Khabib. Yeah, it's uh, it, this is gonna this fight's gonna go over at least three rounds. I'm guessing. It'll probably be a a heart attack over three rounds, but Hooker is way too tough to be put to put away that easily unless he just accumulates the damage. So yeah, th- th- those are my two picks for this card. Uh, Dan Hooker and Poirier starts round three or the over two and a half. If you don't have the, uh, if you don't have the um, the option to play that, like you do on Fight Islands, and the over two and a half for the heavyweight fight, which sounds terrible, sounds like a terrible idea, but uh, this fight plays out to, to a decision more often than not between uh, Felipe Lind and Tanner Bowser. Um, and then the rest of the picks are just a little more iffy to me. I don't have a solid opinion on the, the rest of the card. Um, so those are my two picks, and then I'll just kind of run through the rest of the card here. Jin Yu Frey versus Kay Hansen. I don't know who these two women are. I think they're both making their debut, and I really don't even care to even look t- look up tape. Um, Low-level... Female fighters, I'm sure you guys know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm too busy of a person to to want to go look up videotape on on these, on this, on this, these two women fighters. And one girl is 35, the other girl is 20 years old. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not even gonna even attempt to do it because I I wouldn't be giving out good advice. So I'm not even gonna give out anything. For that one here, so that's that's a skip fight for me. But I mean, the other chick, the 35 year old is plus 145, and the 20 year old is 165. I don't see how uh, how sh- how anybody that young should be that big of a favorite. So either way, I'm not gonna bet it. So whatever. Uh, Jordan Griffin versus Yusef Zalal. Zalal is a slight favorite, negative 125. The comeback on Jordan Griffin is plus 105. Uh, at this point, Jordan Griffin, uh, we kind of see what he's worth. Um, he is uh, another left-handed fighter. He's got some decent defense on the ground as far as like submission defense, but he's been taken down by every single person he's, he's fought in the UFC so far. Dan Yeager, H.S. Kelly, and T.J. Brown. Um, this this guy's been taken down multiple times by all of these guys, and um, he picked up his first win against T.J. Brown, who also got multiple takedowns on him. But T.J. just kept sticking his head where it didn't belong, and uh, ended up getting guillotined there. So uh, Griffin, he, he's a, he's a tough dude. I think this fight is probably gonna go over, just because a lot of uh, Jordan Griffin's fight has gone over, and I don't think he's offensively that great. He's got a nice little left head kick. He's got a nice straight left, and he kind of blitzes you until he runs into the clinch. And from that 
point on, he either gets to take down himself or he gets taken down. So I'm not sure. I don't. I don't feel like Jordan Griffin has much form on his on his style. He's just he's just there to be tough and really just get into exchanges with people and see where it goes. And a mid mid tier fighter, and um, I'm not really sure what his style is to be honest. He's kind of an all arounder guy, but tough dude. And I think it should end up going to over two and a half. So that might be a play here. Yusuf Zalal, I've seen him fight only once against Austin Lingo, and I don't really know who Lingo is himself, myself. But he is fighting out of Factory X, from what it looks like. He's a young dude, 23 years old. Uh, it looks like he has some decent footwork. He's looking to really move around a lot and throw a lot of kicks and stay at range. And then um, he definitely was a more faster dude than the Lingo Cat. And, um, and he was able to mix it up with takedowns as well, so... Looks like a smart fighter, decent IQ. He's, he's a little bit too young for me to really determine what he's really made out of, and it's really hard to tell, but he's got two decision losses, so he's never been finished. Uh, eight out of his, uh, seven out of eight wins has gone to, uh, it has finished, but um, yeah, I think Jordan Griffin went three rounds with Skelly and Dan Eager, so I, I don't think this little cat is going to finish uh, Griffin here. So, yeah, give me the over two and a half on this one, and uh, it's at, set at negative 165. I'm not too mad at that, so as long as it's in the 100, I am, I'm not too mad at that. So, yeah, that's, that's my play for this one, over two and a half. Um, next fight, we have Takashi Sato, and it looks like a guy named Ramiz Brahimaj is not fighting anymore. They're replacing him with a guy named Jason Witt, who I know nothing about. This Witt guy is from, it looks like, uh, what camp is this? James's Cross, James Cross's camp. Um, looks like a veteran. He's 17 and 5. He's got finished in all of his losses, but he's got a mixed, mixed bag of uh, uh, submissions, TKOs, and decisions. He's taking the fight on what one day notice, so I don't really know. I don't know what this guy's made out of. I haven't really done any tape on him, so. Um, the odds aren't even out yet either, so it's not really much to discuss there. Sato is a southpaw, another southpaw fighter who's got a pretty good straight left. Throws a lot of jabs. He's kind of a low output guy, though. Throws a ton of jabs. He's got a. Decent get-up game. He's uh, I think he's got a judo background as well, so he uh, he's got a little bit of grappling in him, and uh, that's pretty much what Sato is. He's got he's he throws he throws elbows standing up. He's got some decent ground and pound. Not a not a great fighter, but he's he's got some skills there. So depending on what the odds are looking like, we'll, we'll see. Um, next fight we have. Another fight has been taken off. Mauro Romero Romero versus uh, another chick. I'm not sure who she was. So that fight's off. And then Sean Woodson, another fight that got replaced with a. Uh, was supposed to be Sean Woodson versus Cal Nelson. But now Cal Nelson is being replaced with Julian Arosa, a guy who's been around the. He's been around. He's a veteran at this point and a. Uh, Somewhat of a journeyman. Uh, this, this, these two guys are probably going to be the tallest guys you're going to be 
facing here at 145. Woodson is 6'2". Julian Arosa is 6'1". They're both similar height, um, similar in age as well. And I'm wondering what the height would be. The which difference here is. But yeah, this can be uh, two gangly tall guys fighting. And man, I don't really know enough about Woodson. Uh, in his last fight against, uh, okay, so Wilson has 78-inch reach and Sunny 5 for Julian Arosa, so slight differences for uh, Wilson. I don't know how the fuck this guy makes 145 at 6'2", with a 78-inch uh, reach, but he's coming in as a huge favorite here, and, uh, you know, for a guy that's so young in his career, I don't, I don't see why he should be negative 450, and the comeback on Erosa is plus 360, I'm not planning on betting Arosa, but man, like negative one, uh, negative four forty-five. That that's, I mean, four fifty. That's ridiculous. I would never do that against a a guy as experienced as Arosa. Arosa has is twenty-two and eight. This guy has he's he's had thirty pro fights, and Woodson has only had seven pro fights. He's been pro since two thousand sixteen. Hasn't fought really much people of note. And uh, but I mean, he did look pretty good against that fight. In his in his uh, debut against Kyle Bochniak, who was completely outreached here, he was five seven and Woodson was six two. Like that's uh, seven inch height advantage. Like he he just pretty much kept him at bay. You know he has some pretty good movement for a tall guy though, and like on paper from what I see, Woodson looks like the better guy, fighter here, and I do think he's gonna win. But at four fifty, that's that's ridiculous. Woodson, um, he showed some pretty good takedown defense against Bochniak, but it looks like he's only got one layer of takedown defense, so it's going to take a chain wrestler to really be able to get him down, and I think I think uh, if you give him a step up, he, he'll probably get out-wrestled by some of these wrestlers, but, you know, Rosa isn't that guy, so probably going to end up being a, a striking match, and Woodson looks like the cleaner, better striker, so I'm going to go with him. Not sure if he's going to finish him, but Woodson has had three finishes on his record and four decisions, so it could end up being a decision line, and uh, that decision line is plus 160, so maybe it might maybe go over. I'm guessing maybe the over one and a half might be a play that I might be looking at, or maybe even over uh, two and a half, but I'll take a look at that. I mean, if the fight does finish, I'm guessing is probably going to be the one to, to get knocked out, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's not really much Woodson has. I mean, he, he's there's not really much to go by. He, he hasn't he hasn't had too many fights. So, um, all right, next fight we have. Uh, Felipe Lins and Tanner Bowser. I've already mentioned that. I think uh, the fight's gonna go over two and a half. I'm actually low key thinking about playing Felipe Lins by decision. As far as like a prop goes, maybe I might be able to get some squeeze some juice out of that. So Lynn's by decision is this is at plus two thirty. I think that's a pretty decent line. I think uh I mean he he's more of the the boxer and Bozer's more of a kicker. And I think maybe if Lynn gets on top he might be able to have that advantage here. So uh yeah, I'm gonna end up playing adding that to the one of the plays at plus two thirty. Lynn's by uh Decision plus 230, and um, my main play for this fight is going to be over 2.5 for this fight.
Um, Luis Pena versus Kamworthy. This is a fight at for featherweight. Pena is um, an okay fighter. He's a uh, for a tall guy, for for a tall guy like this. He grapples a whole lot more than than you'd expect, and I'm expecting him to possibly grapple here as well to have that in his back pocket against Kamworthy. But I'm sure he's here. I mean, he said he seemed pretty disappointed in his last fight when he decided to just grapple with Steve Garcia, and so maybe he might go out here and just bang it out with Kamaworthy. Kama is a journeyman. He's 15 and six, and all six of his losses has been by finish. So I mean, this is, this fight could end up being a finish if you go by statistics, if you kind of go by a fight finding fight fight finder capping. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm guessing, I mean, I might throw a little flyer on Luis Pena by KO since Worthy has five KO losses and the line on Pena by KO is plus 450. So I'm gonna throw a little flyer on that, even though it's just wiki capping and I'm not really sure how this is going to play out, but Pena isn't, I don't think Pena is that really good himself and, but he is training at, um, American top team. So maybe, maybe the. Maybe maybe he might show a new wrinkle, wrinkle to his game, and maybe he'll come stand and bang and and give the fans what they want. And shit, uh, Worthy did come out with the upset against Devontae Smith. He uh, seems like a counter striker, but his striking doesn't look that good to me. He's kind of a sloppy counter striker, and he's uh yeah, he's just he's just he's got like weird angles that he hits people with, and but his chin is there for the taking, so. Man, like, yeah, Bob Ross, I mean, Luis Pena is going to be the taller man in the cage here, and I don't think Kamaworthy has uh, dealt with somebody as tall as this, so, and especially with uh, Pena having the better grappling as well, so, I'm, I think Pena is going to win. He's negative 230. I might even play that line as well. I do think he's going to win, but um, I just wouldn't put money on it just because, I don't know, I'm, I'm still not sold on Pena, so. Um, but but th- th- that would be my pick, Pena money line, and then uh, knockout the knockout line plus four fifty for Pena just just out of statistics sake. It's, I mean, kind of kind of where he tends to get finished by TKO when he does lose. So if a guy like uh, Anthony Reddick or Kyle Nelson or Matt Bissett or actually Billy Quarantino is pretty decent. If Billy Quarantino, yeah, he actually fought Paul Felder as well. Hmm, interesting. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if guys like these are being able to knock him out, I don't see why, why not? Why not take that plus four fifty line, which is a pretty decent line. And then we have another girl fight here. No, no, no. It's uh, John Valente versus Maurice Green. John Valente is moving up to heavyweight, probably because he. Enjoys his New York pieces too much. Uh, we know what John Valente is good at. He's good at taking a punch and giving it out. Sometimes he isn't good at taking punches, and then he does get knocked out. But Valente is a kicker. He's got decent hands. He's a tough son of a bitch. Um, and his really highlight to his striking really is his leg kicks. He's got really good setup for leg kicks. He's uh, mainly looking to leg kick you and... You know, the striking leads to leg kicks, and he, he's really good at that. And, and you know, at heavyweight, I don't know 
I don't know what his chin is going to look like. I don't know if it's going to be worse or, or any better, but he's fighting against a guy who's super duper taller than him. He's got five inches of height on him. And he's also, Morris Green's also a pretty decent striker and decent lick kicker himself. So, um, Maurice Green has 82-inch reach versus a 76 for John Valente, and he's got 5 inches of height on him. So, I'm going to go with Maurice Green here, just because he's, he's a heavyweight. He's 265, got some decent striking himself. We know this is going to be a stand-up board. We know this is going to be a, a sloppy heavyweight fight. So, uh, Maurice Green for me, he's negative 230. I'm... I'm not gonna bet that just because I wouldn't bet on these two guys at negative at, at that at that price. But I do think he's gonna win. Maybe Valente gets tired late, and then Morris Green picks up on the TKO late. So uh, that's what I think it might happen here. Um, yeah, pretty sloppy fight, but should be a should be a fun one though. But that's good for me. Uh, Kyle Dawkins versus Brendan Allen. Allen has really surprised me in his UFC career. He's he's coming out here. He's, he fights like a dog. And that that's pretty much his game. He, he's kind of decent everywhere. He's not a great striker. He's not a great grappler. But he is a dogged fighter, and he makes it all work together. And he's 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 out there hustling. He is two and zero in the UFC. He's got wins over Tom Brees and Kevin Holland, which are two really good wins. And he's still pretty damn young. He's only 24 years old. He, he, it seems like he's been fighting forever, but um, he's been fighting since 2015. So he's been fighting since he's, in, he's a teenager, 18 or 19 years old. And um, really, the guy is really, really rough around the edges. He's, like I said, he's not really deep, deep when it comes to his technical tools, but he just comes after you and he's uh, super duper aggressive. He's uh, really aggressive with his ground and pound. He's really aggressive with his submission uh, hunting and if you uh, sleep for one second, he's going to catch you, just like what Kevin Holland did. Kevin Holland is really a, the type of guy who puts himself in really bad position but ends up getting out of it, but this time he didn't, so he ended up getting choked out by Allen. So not a guy you want to sleep on and, and give opportunities to you know, get his hands around your neck. So um, in this fight, I think, I mean, I saw a little bit of tape of Kyle Dawkins because I kind of wanted to bet on him just because he, he was 9-0 and had some, it looked like he was pretty decent, but um. Just on paper, it seems like Allen might be the more aggressive guy and the, the more aggressive ground and pound guy, the, the more, uh, probably the more stronger and athletic guy too. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm picking Brendan Allen to win, but at his current price at negative 310 and the comeback on Kyle Dawkins at plus 255, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on that. But as far as picks go, I think Brendan Allen's going to win. I wouldn't fault anybody for taking Dawkins at plus two fifty five just because Allen's not that good, but I do think he's gonna win here. And I think I saw a video of Kyle Dawkins fighting some random dude named let's see here Elijah Jaboli, um, which was his fourth, his fourth pro fight, which was two years ago. And he was and the this guy this let's see this guy's yeah this dude Elijah dude is six and eight. His current MMA record is six and eight, and he was getting pieced up by this dude, and looking like he was getting getting almost getting ready to get the TKO stoppage. But he ended up coming back and getting the rear naked choke on this dude. So um, he looks like a decent fighter, though. This Kaladakis guy, and he he's got some Bravo chokes. He looks like he's a 
he's really good with the front headlock chokes. But Allen is a pretty good jiu-jitsu fighter himself. I don't know if it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really tough to put Allen away. So uh, I'm going to go with Brandon Allen here by just being more tenacious, being a little more meaner, and finding the strikes in between, like the ground and pound, the strikes in a clinch, and just being overall more aggressive to get the victory here. But, um, yeah, that's that's a no bet for me at that price. So, All right, co-main event. Mickey Gall versus Mike Perry. Mike Perry is the huge favorite, negative 320 to come back on Mickey Gall is plus 260. Um, on paper, I think Mickey Gall is going to knock him out. But this is a weird matchup just because, I mean, just Mike Perry is in a really weird position just because, I mean, we've heard we've heard that he doesn't have a, a much of a team behind him. And it's just, he, he his corner man is going to be his girlfriend, which is really weird as well. So it's going to be a really weird matchup. I really don't know what he's going to come up with, but Mike Perry is another guy with a mean streak, and I think that mean streak is going to carry him to a victory here. Mickey Gall is not much of a striker. He's kind of defensively loose. Mickey Gall is mainly just a back taker. His wrestling's not that great either, but um, if maybe if he gets his, maybe if he's able to get to Mike Perry's back, he might be able to, to finish off the choke or something, but I think Mike Perry is just like his, his brute strength is going to be able to get him out of a lot of sticky situations. If Mike, if Mickey Gall were to able, were to be able to get him down, so um, I mean Mike Perry, he, like I know a lot of people talk shit about him, but like this this guy's he, he's a he's a street fighter. That's 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 the difference between a lot him and a lot of other fighters, is that uh, he's mean. Like he's just built mean, and he's he's got you know he's, he's super duper rough. So. In his fight against Vicente Luque, I, th- I actually thought that going into that fight, it would run around a piece. And um, he was showing a lot of really good boxing techniques as well. So a lot of little tricky things he was doing. His left hooks, you know, Mike Perry's, Perry's mainly, really main, mainly known for that right hand he, he throws. He, he doesn't really throw much else. But um, in some recent fights, he's, he was throwing a lot of different techniques. And uh, I saw him throw some, uh, you know, throw some variation on, on his strikes. So. He gave uh, Luke Perry, a, I mean Luke Perry, a Vicente Luke a really tough run for his money. He roughed up Alex Oliveira, who's a kind of had the same body type as Mickey Gall. Even with Donald Cerrone, he was just out muscling Donald Cerrone a lot of in a lot of positions. But of course, you know Cerrone stepped on that triangle. Um, Paul Felder, you know, the, but Perry's fought a lot of good guys. And even even with Santiago Ponzinibbio, Ponzinibbio was his face was bloodied up, and like, all these guys, I think, would probably destroy uh, Mickey Gall. Everybody that makes Perry fight, at least. So, um, yeah, Mike, give me Mike Perry by knockout. Um, the odds aren't that great on it, so not really much to say about that one. And I've already covered the main event, Poirier versus Dan Hooker. Really, really fun fight. Over is my play. Over 2.5, or fight starts around 3 and negative 145. And yeah, that's that's pretty much all my plays for this weekend. I, not, not as you can see, it's not really too many strong lanes, but my two lanes, my two picks are going to be two overs. You know, I love overs. Um, a little bit scary to play overs on a heavyweight fight in a small cage, and then also, you know, two violent fighters like Dan Hooker and Poirier in with the overs in a small cage. But I, I do think those two will hit. But uh, more of an anti down though. Not not too confident in those picks and. Not really. Uh, yeah, this card isn't isn't really that great. And then you know, adding on to the fact that I'm you know I'm, I'm kind of a busy dude, so 
if the card doesn't really interest me too much and I don't see anything that pops up at me and I don't, like, it doesn't excite me, I'm not going to put too much time into reading up on guys like freaking Volante or or Dacus and all these other whack crews like Mickey Go. Well, I'm not going to call them whack, but they're, they're good fighters. Just, I, I don't see... I don't, I don't, I don't see any dollar signs as far as props or any spots here. So, yeah, those are my two picks. Uh, the next card, I, I, I like it a lot better. There's some, some names there on there that I do like, so I'll, I'll have some better tips and some better picks, and I'll probably have a, uh, a co-host for the next one. So, stay tuned for that. I'll uh, try to release it next, uh, next week, maybe a little earlier than usual. This week, um, just trying to find the time to really break down some of these fights and couldn't find the motivation to really look up some of these dudes or, or gals. So apologize for that. And I'll uh, try to be a little more consistent with these podcasts. I know a lot of, uh, I know a lot of people uh, listening to this are, are trying to find as many different angles as they possibly can. And, and I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, with my own thoughts and my own, um, my own, uh, advice on, on how I would play this as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, moving forward, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, be a little more consistent. I'll try to keep us uh, in more consistent schedule. So uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week. I'll uh, good luck with, for, good luck for this weekend for everybody. And uh, hopefully you guys have some better picks than I do, but um, yeah, enjoy the fights and uh, I'll, I'll catch you in the next one.